Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. This week's episode features Seth Dolan. Seth owns a production company that is focusing currently on great quarantine events and opportunities that are safe. It's a very exciting interview. It is a personal favorite, and I'm just so grateful. So I'm excited to share it with you. Right. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm just going to hop into it. My, to my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome and the excited, lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Seth Dolan coming all the way to me from Los Angeles. <laughs> Seth, would you like to and give... I am so excited. I know. Would you like to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? cetera? Sure. Uh, I mean... Aside from being a bingo lover, because that's where that's where that's you and I. But uh, but I so I I'm a producer. I love producing. I grew up in the theater. I love the theater, um, and I, I I love bringing people together. I love sharing stories and storytelling. That's always been a huge passion of mine, and um, really kind of led me into the field of. Producing, I produce events, experiences, theater, film, TV, um, and just recently started my own production company with my friend and longtime producing partner. Um, and and I'm a Disney fanatic. Yes. And, and I talk a lot and I laugh really loud. <laughs> well, we you discovered this weekend. So of course, to my listeners, like it's like beating a dead horse at this point. But yes, this is a bingo bunch regular. I play bingo with Charlie Hydes. If you're new to the game, hi, welcome. We're obsessed with it. Not only does uh, Seth wear a different pair of ears each week because you have probably as many as I do, if not more. I, I just noticed them. Uh, he plays with his neighbor, Gregory, who will be on my podcast as well. And it's like, I just kind of like became obsessed with you guys. Like I was like, these are two really cool people. They live in this swanky apartment with like caftans and like a beverage, you know, and I'm like, okay, sign me up. Like I have to be their friend. And I I'm really grateful for it because I'm like, one day we'll go to Disney. We're, we'll conquer together. We will. We will. Yeah. Even though I don't understand anything about their new ticketing oh, system. I we was will figure it. it out. It looks crazy. I like looked at it and it was an Excel spreadsheet and I was like, my brain doesn't, we can't. Like who's going to buy a $1,200 pass without parking? I don't know. I, I, I can't picture it. Yeah. What, how much, what is your ear count? I have to ask that because uh, we've never talked about it, Bianca. I think I have like, I used to, I used to purchase a pair every time I go to the park yep, and, same. and, and then like, like then after that, so I've been, so I went, I've been eight, probably like 10 or 15 now. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. Now I'm embarrassed to tell you mine though. No, I don't think I can tell it's you. It's not mine. that many. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lot. Oh, I, that's okay. I, I, like, I'm tell ashamed. me how many, no, don't be ashamed because I don't like, I, I also have to move again. Right. Like I'm going to Hawaii. Like I, so I, like, right. my husband's like, right. no more. Like it's the park is shut. Bianca, stop buying them. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm close to 50. 
is that crazy? Like, am I a hoarder? Do I need to be on like a self-help television No, show? it's not, not crazy, sure. but I feel like I missed an opportunity in life because there's people that flip Disney merchandise on Poshmark for so much yes. money. Yes. And Peloton. We both have the Peloton. So they do that yes. too. And I'm like, oh. oh gosh, I could have been like making bank on these. <laughs> and I did buy my Disneyland 65 anniversary ears. I was standing in line at downtown Disney with my friend. It was her birthday. We go, I see them. And this girl in front of me buys the last pair. And I'm like, I couldn't find them anywhere else. So I ordered them on Poshmark. And I'm pretty sure I ordered them from the girl that like bought them. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just excited to have you on this podcast. Cause I feel like, you know, being, um, in you know being a disney fan we have a lot in common being bingo fans we have a lot in common being rupaul's drag race fans we have so much in common so it's just exciting and um i'm just so happy to have you oh my god me too it's like we have this love affair that Mm -hmm. extends through this this crazy zoom world that we live in with bingo that brought us together during this insane pandemic and, and I'm just, I, I'm so excited to just be able to yes. talk one-on-one with you and, and, and yeah. see you outside of bingo. I know. I love it. And I'm such a fan of like your production company and the, and the events that you guys are doing. Like you just did Thank that you. really cool um, pop-up lemonade stand for, I don't know how to pronounce their name, so I'm not going to say it. Ula Henriksen. Oh, that's I know. how you're supposed it's, to it's, say it's, it. Yeah. It's, it, I, I pronounced it as Olay until we met the brand and I, we had this whole onboarding call with them and I said Olay about 400 times and then at the end of the call they're like by the way it's pronounced Ula and it actually <laughs> led to this really funny thing Eric who, who's, who's my business partner he then put that exact phrase on the back of the truck and they like loved it because we were like ah. uh, does anybody know how to print that it's Ula like it just like it's spelled like Olay I don't know it's <laughs> So I've mentioned how we met, which is of course through bingo and, and stuff, um, which has been really, you know, cathartic for, for us and kind of, especially yes. like in your, your industry and even um, Gregory, your neighbor's industry as well. Yeah. Like it's just, things oh, yeah. have changed so much. It's like, we're watching paint dry on the wall is more entertaining than like going yeah. out right now. Cause it's safety. It's the truth. But, um, you know, let's hop into the first question, um, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? <laughs> No, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, you know, I, 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 the hell no. I think is is what I would what I would really say. You know, I, I, I feel I'm a person who believes we're learning every day, and I definitely learn every day. And there are days that I feel better than others, and there are days when I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of figuring this out, but. Especially when we say all figured out, definitely not. I'm a, I'm a long way from having it all figured out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, absolutely same here. So I, I got laid off at like the start of the pandemic and I, I w- I'm such an extrovert. Like I, you could never tell, right? <laughs> I, I mean, like I, there was one, like it was President's Day weekend last year. I went out with all of my friends in Hillcrest um, and like, just like bar hopped with them. And like, I, like, you know, I always stacked my plans and was just like always busy and out and about. And so like losing my career and my Mm -hmm. job and like having to like restart, there's days where I wake up and I feel the same way where I'm like, what is happening? Like, like, am I successful? Am I a failure? Like what's going on? How, how can I like, how can I like make, you know, make something work? So I started podcasting to kind of, you know, 
you know, keep the, keep the creative juices flowing, so to speak. But yeah, there's, there's, I definitely don't have it figured out either. I say, if, you know, someone says on this podcast, they've got it figured out. I think then they might be in the wrong zoom call. <laughs> so they need to leave. <laughs> but you know, I think the amazing part of that, like, and you starting the podcast and everything else that so many of us have faced during this, it, it, I think if you, if, your, if people are open to it, is that the solidarity has taught us new mm -hmm. things about ourselves, you know, because, because for me, I, I mean, going into the pandemic, we, I, I worked at Mac, uh, Eric also worked at Mac. Um, and oh. we had been, yeah, we both worked for Mac Cosmetics. That's, that's how I first met Gregory. And we had built and created their entire events team. So that cool. we, we oversaw all of North America. They were unbelievable productions that we were able to stage and we were very fortunate yeah. and we had a lot of fun, but um, we had been wanting to have our own company for a while. It's something we'd kind of toyed with. And then uh, we planned to leave in February. We uh, had done all the prep. The company was incorporated last, uh, last, um, October and we're like oh we've got everything figured out the logos designed we're built everything February comes we're getting ready to launch then guess what a pandemic happens <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and all events stopped we had a lot of irons in the fire they all just kind of cooled out but you know uh, when I look back at it now I, I'm actually really grateful for the time because I think just like you were saying Bianca it was like uh, every minute of my day was scheduled every minute mm -hmm. of every single second was scheduled and you know that 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 wears a toll on us I think as humans yeah. you know and it's like do I crave and miss being able to like go out to dinner with people I love and like, mm -hmm. you know, just like have a bunch of people over in my house and like a big party? Yeah, I, I, I without a doubt do. But I've also been kind of grateful for a little of the reset to sort of be like, wow, what's really important to me? And who's yeah. standing by me yes. during all of this craziness? Because that's been, I think, the most revealing, as I'm sure you found yeah. when you left your job. You're like, oh, that, that person wasn't my friend. I thought they uh -huh. were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow, that person cares a lot more about me than I actually thought. And I'm so grateful for that. And yeah. Those have been kind of fun surprises. Can I was going to ask you actually that kind of segues perfectly. I was going to ask you, um, have your like friendships and your dynamics changed in the pandemic? Because mine certainly like are just so different. People came out of the woodworks. Like my friend Kara yeah. that plays Bingo, Kara and Jeremy. Mm -hmm. She yeah. and I were always friends that would like see each other at a party in college. We've known each other since college. That's how long we've known yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was you know going on you know thirteen or so years now. So wow. she and and she and I have always stayed close, you know, as friends. But like she mm -hmm. and I have like an ongoing weekly. Or bi-weekly or whenever zoom and then we 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 zoom after bingo now and it's like she's become such a stronger friend of mine because That's of so the virtualness amazing. you know what i mean yeah. so like and i also feel like people that i considered really close like in the summer when things were opening back up they fell off mm -hmm. like they didn't want to yeah. like be virtual anymore they wanted to be in person and they didn't care so yeah. it's like almost like I've just seen kind of like this weird like reformation of all sorts of different friendships. It's great, but it's also weird. Yes, yes. No, I com I completely agree. I think especially I I had been at Mac for so long, so the timing of my departure there coinciding with the pandemic made that even more exacerbated because there were people I knew for years that uh, you know I thought 
were really close friends or cared a lot about me and 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 then they kind of like vanished off the radar but mm-hmm. then there were also other people that I didn't actually think we were that close and 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 they they really uh in, invested and, and cared a lot about it. and I think that's what's been interesting in this pandemic as we're separated physically and things are not so easy it's who makes the effort who takes time to spend time with you and you know yeah. what I is my circle smaller now yeah but I can say that anybody in my circle are people I really care about and that I have full faith care an awful lot about me and you know that's been kind of the fun with Gregory Gregory and I were best friends for the longest time you know I played bingo with with him and and uh and we're we're neighbors we share a floor of this of this (laughs) building uh we're gabers and we just we we have always had a blast and we've always been really close friends but the pandemic just brought us even closer because we shared a floor Mm -hmm. and so like for most of the time the only people I would see were Gregory and Eric as we were working on our business and then my brother lives here and he was also in our bubble and that's like all I really saw forever so um so that that's been really, really special. Are, are you a California native or where are you from? So I grew up in the little tiny state of Rhode Island, the smallest state in the union. And uh, I, I lived there until I graduated high school and, and left Rhode Island pretty shortly after there. Went to college in Boston. Mm-hmm. I went to Emerson College. And then I would also fly down to Walt Disney World to work there in the summers. So I would do the summer programs in Walt Disney World and then I'd come back to Boston and go back to school. And then when I graduated college, I really wanted to move to LA. I had had some friends that had moved to LA. I always wanted to kind of be part of some form of entertainment or the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I just picked up and, and moved across the country about a, a week after I graduated college so so that was 2003 and I and I've been here ever since I can't imagine living anywhere else well I do love LA so I might my um my sister lived there for a number of years um LA is different like I feel like it's it's (laughs) it's like I now have so many more friends in LA than I used to because one bingo bunch to yep, including also, us right no i mean like you would be the main reason i'd be like i'm breaking my bubble <laughs> oh my how gagged would charlie be if like i was there we one time? right oh my gosh it would be so great so <laughs> we should we should definitely do that because i i fully i fully would because like you you know this bitch ain't going anywhere she's just gonna go anywhere <laughs> newsome lifted the ban and i said no sir i will stay in my house yeah right i was a little shocked by that i'm like oh that's great i just like read an article about like 10 new mutations that they don't even know if they work with the oh, vaccine but yeah. yeah let's lift everything right now sounds yeah good, okay. but, but like, to go back to the pandemic like i think what your business is doing a really beautiful pivot like you are doing these like socially distant activations and i think you guys are also doing some virtual stuff if i'm not mistaken right or at least yeah. helping to produce i mean it's it's cool stuff and like that's the future of events like we we don't know what this is going to look like in the future but i'm pretty sure masks are sticking around the six feet Mm -hmm. sticking around and like Mm -hmm. you know i I think a lot of that's going to stay 
you know, stay sort of the same. Um, so the fact that you're like abreast of that, I think is awesome. Um, so I will, of course, I mean, we started, we started talking about that right in, in March when it started, you know, it was, it was funny. I actually remember conversations as Eric and I were getting started, uh, at the start of 2020, where we were like, here's this virus it's in China I don't know what's gonna happen because remember it was like very soft in the news oh yeah there Mm -hmm. and then when it came up to be in March and all our gigs canceled anything that we we had in the wings all just canceled everybody was canceling everything which just makes sense we said well let's use this time and and the two of us just really started ideating like what does the future look like and then we watched as different folks were taking stabs at it and there was some cool stuff and some not and we just were like what what would be fun to us because that's something Mm -hmm. that was always big and how we approach producing is like if we don't think it's cool and fun then nobody else is going to think it's cool and fun so like would we want to go to this would this be something fun so that's like how we've approached like we're building with these amazing partners of ours this totally unique virtual world uh we did the truck for ula henriksen as as a different ideation like we and we have a lot of other things in the pipe where it's just how do you approach it and say okay if that reality doesn't exist anymore what's like the coolest version of this new reality that we can play in yeah yeah and i think like that's like also like got to get your creative juices flowing too by playing bingo and and and, like those kinds of things because it's like it's like like I've just derived so much joy from just a little bit of previous normalcy. Um, (laughs) And like, I just, I also kind of feel like I'm in a cult a little bit (laughs) because I keep bringing people in and they're like, this is so fun. Like, cause my husband, we, we did a, we did a private event for it. um, My anniversary. And my husband was like, you know, I'm like, Charlie asks about you still, like Charlie knows all of us and stuff, but we've really like the the feeling of community is just so much more prevalent now than it ever has been. Cause people like, you know, are alone. Like I'm alone (laughs) and it's, it's just, I don't know. It's beautiful. I like it. You're contributing great things and like low key. Like if you're, if you're like production company, like blows the fuck up, like you owe me a job when I come back. I'll be like, I'm, we're doing activation events in San Diego. We're doing it. (laughs) So yeah. So you did like with Mac though, you did like activations and like, um, like I'm assuming like trade shows and beauty things and and all that. Right. So like, it was such a weird world because so, and he's totally my mentor. And like, as far as I'm concerned, like the father of all events, but this wonderful guy named Philipping. And he had been with Mac forever. And he joined in the 90s when it was founded by these two amazing gay guys, Frank Angelo, Frank Toskin, such visionaries. And they didn't want to do traditional advertising. They didn't think mm-hmm. it was cool. It drove up the price of the product. At the time, Mac was like super affordable. I think an eyeshadow was like $10. But like the I could never. quality <laughs> was like, epic you know and like i mean the pricing's changed over time but they just they wanted to do something cool that was more engaging and that was more interesting this is before anybody said oh experiential this is before anybody was like oh like let's do activate like nobody used that terminology even and and phil basically like invented this this kind of unique way of eventing with um you know infusing theater and human touch and interaction and and immersion and um and 
he, he's a freaking genius. He, he retired from Mac now. He lives in Toronto. And when I joined Mac, I was very fortunate to meet Phil and he, he taught me a lot of his philosophies and I always viewed him as a mentor to me. And so my focus was on North America because Phil had a global role. So he oversaw a lot of big picture things, the opening of different countries for the first time with Mac. But I was very, I started on the West Coast with my role and then expanded to North America to try to, you know, make these sort of customized, tailored experiences that fit the ever-changing North American market. So that's what that's what I was able to do. Eric joined me a long time ago in 2012, and we just became like a perfect producing duo. And we, and we did it there all the way through the end of 2019, and and yeah. and then uh, and then and then made the move. I love it. I love it. Uh, I do. I I feel like there was a Mac booth at the DragCon when I went, and I remember I was in there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fun fun fact. I am terrible at doing my makeup. Like I I have some Mac products that were like gifted to me. Um I uh-huh. used to do like a subscription box. I fully only do my makeup for drag bingo and otherwise like effort not doing it. Um and you look I fabulous think, every time. Well, I you know, it's that touch up my appearance filter, you know. Um but I like I just was never there like the day that all the girls in school and you know figured out how to do their makeup. And I have a friend in, uh, from high school um, who is now a drag queen and like, she does amazing makeup. And I'm like, where, like, what, what day did I miss? Like, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's not a strong suit. So like, we like it, but like, it's not like everything, but I will agree that like Mac is an experience. It's definitely an experience. Like the stores, you know, it, it felt, it always felt special and like the best of the best to me. And so I yeah. have quite a few Mac products, but <laughs> I think like, that's a good, that's a good like foundation, um, you know, to take to like other events. Cause you're going to bring that special touch to just everything else and make it feel special. None of our events really were what you would expect as a cosmetics brand. There, there was a really funny quote that uh, Nadine Luke, another amazing artist at Mac that I was fortunate enough to work for who, who's not there anymore. Um, but we were working on uh, this crazy event called Chinese Dress and uh, Phil had developed it for the opening of China and we took it and adopted it and closed Robertson Boulevard in Los Angeles and staged this huge thing. It's the first time Robertson was ever closed and we're told the last because we learned later it's part of the master evacuation plan for disaster preparedness in this county <laughs> of Los Angeles. So we got a lot of shit for that. But uh, it was a great event and all these amazing, all the, it was women and guys totally naked and they were painted um, with these ornate Chinese dresses, you know, the traditional mm-hmm. sort of Chinese dress. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful event. And Nadine Luke said at that moment, we're constantly revolutionizing how people view a cosmetics brand. And I think that a big part of that was the events mm-hmm. because we were doing things, you know, if I were to flash forward to, you know, a great production Eric and I did that we were super proud of, which was called Shiny Pretty Things. It was holiday 2018. Um, it was this kind of weird collection. It was colorful. It was like all these bright different colors and shiny gift packages and like the theme and the story of it was gifting. And like, that's kind of hard to work with as an event producer. You're like, how do I pull a story out of this? And so what Eric and I did is we wrote a whole story about 
all of these different colors and staged a show where the colors became people and the cast was super eclectic. They were all different backgrounds, you know, mm -hmm. different genders and ethnicities and, and everything. And, and they, we staged this show with some amazing creative partners that basically told this wonderful message of acceptance and inclusion and love in the holidays because the holidays can be a very happy time for some people but they can be very depressing for others and so we wanted to stage a show that kind of took these shiny pretty things that felt superfluous but actually took that a step deeper to be like you're a part of our rainbow so let's invite you ah, in and that's so smart and we staged it at Disney Springs in Walt Disney World. And it was there as like a residency. It like stayed up for over two weeks and like thousands and thousands of people went through the show. It was crazy. And, and you just see people like crying. We saw people who were applying makeup for the first time, um, little boys or, or, or people who had disabilities and, and other different things that they just felt that accepted and included there that they felt it was okay. And that's when we were like, wow, okay, we, we, we did something major here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Do you ever like feel, cause this is going to go into imposter syndrome, but do you ever like feel when you're like, cause I've done a lot of cool stuff in my career too, not on that scale, of course, but I've done a lot of cool stuff in my career and like, and I've also had like really crazy things happen in my life where I just tell a story and people are like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, like, um, you know, examples like got cast onto a Guy Fieri show, turned it down or like uh, had Demi Lovato as a Lyft driver, Drew Barrymore gave me $500, like just, just oh weird stuff, God. you know? Like, but like, and I tell people this and they're like, wait, that happened or you did that or like, wow. And like, they're always like, so, and, and like they admire it and they're like, well, oh, it's so cool. And it's like, so easy for me to like diminish my own accomplishments because I'm like, yes. and but so I have to like take a step back. Thanks to my therapist, Justina, and like actually like compliment my inner child. Thank you, Justina. We're working on it every day. Um, Cause like, I forget that like, there's just been some really cool stuff I've done. I and mean, even with my podcast, like I'm quick to be like, I would never say yeah. I'm a podcaster. Like I would just say, Oh, I'm just a person. <laughs> and yet your podcast is amazing. Thank like you. you have to give yourself props for that. I love listening to it. Oh, I Thank you so much. Such a compliment. Love it. I love, love it. it. Okay. So the elephant in the room, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Well, I, I never felt like I fit in, uh, most of my life. Uh, so, you know, imposter syndrome in terms of, to me, what it's always meant is sort of feeling a little bit like an outcast and feeling a little bit like an outsider or feeling like you don't fit in or feeling like you're having to sort of fake it to fit in. And I think that was basically the larger part of my life. I remember from when I was a very little kid, I was, I, I was, I was always different and I'm okay being different now. I've come a Same. long way, but I was, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I was weird, you know? I mean, like I've always been sort of this boisterous outgoing kid. I've always been really loud. Um, that was uh, uh, always a problem. I, I always felt supported in that, um, particularly by my mother. I actually remember in nursery school. So I was three, I think. And this teacher that I had was constantly putting me in the corner like the bad boys chair because I was always talking and I was loud and like it was such a thing and and I remember she was telling my mother what a problem I was and my mother was like if you're just going to punish him because he's being expressive then uh <laughs> then this is not the right school for him so I always knew I was a little weird but I think once I got to 
elementary school, you know, I, I just, I never connected. I connected more with the girls. Um, I was not athletic. I had a lot of trouble in gym class. Same. Um, my dad <laughs> encouraged me to play a lot of sports, all of which I failed at. Like, I think I played every sport that exists except football. I even played lacrosse <laughs> briefly. I and just like, can't picture sports. I can't picture you plus sports. It, it, yeah. it, you can't because it doesn't oh. work. The coaches, I think, resented, especially when I was young, I think they resented that they had to keep me in the league. I'll never forget, there was a basketball teacher, basketball coach, and he called me Zet, Z-E-T. And I, Zet, Zet, he just hated me. What the hell are you doing, <laughs> Zet? You know, why are you even other? I, I was like, why am I even here? I don't know. Um, so, you know, that, <laughs> that, that stuck with me. I, I was closeted, you know, I was raised yeah, in this yeah. tiny state of Rhode Island that is very Catholic. My family was Italian uh, and Irish, but the, the Italian side was more dominant and that, you know, Roman Catholic and all that sort of thing. So it just like wasn't a thing. And I think that was one of the reasons why I kind of couldn't wait to go to college because I never really felt like myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was asking for college brochures when I was in ninth grade, like eighth grade. Like I just, I couldn't, it, for me in my mind, the problem was Rhode Island. And then <laughs> I went to college and had a wonderful experience at Emerson and really learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about self-expression. But uh, it came out of the closet and kind of came to fruition with who I was, but, but still kind of always followed. Like if you were to look at photos of me in college, I, sometimes I have makeup on, sometimes I'm in heels, I'm just wearing all these crazy things. But I was always kind of mimicking something around me. Mm -hmm. So even though I was coming to terms more with who I was, I still was kind of exhibiting that element of imposter syndrome because I wasn't actually being me. And then I moved to LA and I'll never forget the first, like the second day I was there, there was a trainer uh, that oversaw my store and they told me that I totally didn't look LA and I looked completely out of place and I needed to change all my makeup and clothing and styling. Because in Boston, when I started working with Mac, skipping a beat, sorry, I, I worked in store oh, at Mac just part-time my, my senior year of college, just because I was really fascinated with the brand and then transferred with them working in store in LA, just so I had a paycheck when I got here. And then I transferred into events very quickly afterwards. But um, when I was in Boston, I could wear glitter all over my eyes. I could wear gloss, I'd wear like foundation, whatever the hell I wanted. And then I got here and I was told, no, you, you, you look terrible. You don't, you don't look right. Uh, your makeup's too heavy. It's not LA. Your, your fashion is not LA. So it's like immediately, you know, I'm in a new city. I, I'm away from my family. I'm learning things and I'm trying to figure out like, wow, okay, no, I, I'm, I'm wrong again yet again in, in my life. And so then I watch myself in photos for literally like the 10 years that followed. And I'm like mimicking the style of maybe who I was friends with at that moment or somebody I was dating. I would suddenly take on their style. I, fe I felt like I was like in Runaway Bride. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. that movie with Julia Roberts and they're like, yeah. they're like, how do you like her eggs? And like everybody that they interview, like her favorite eggs are like the person she was dating at the time. That was like kind of, kind of me. And yeah. And, you know, I think it took a lot of time and therapy and, <laughs> um, and self-examination. I started like 
meditating a few years ago, which was really, really good for me. And just kind of really being like, who the hell am I? And if I am not a, a mimic of this other person, who am I if I'm unapologetic? Who am mm-hmm. I if I'm not pretending to be somebody else or mimicking somebody else? And I feel like I'm I'm further in that journey than I've ever been. I yeah. feel like I, I, you know, I mean, Bingo's a great example. Like I have no problem. How, I, like I, I don't have any friends that wear caftans. I just love my caftans. And so I just throw on my caftans and my Mickey ears and I'm there and it's me and I love it. And, and the people who are close in my life don't judge me for that they don't or or if they do they don't tell me Um, and and I don't really care anymore (laughs) but it's taken a really long time to get there and I Mm -hmm. still notice you know like I paint my nails and like other things and I still notice like if I'm going to a business meeting or if we have a call with a particular person I might be like oh I should take off my nails today because like I just like don't feel like I'll be accepted yeah yeah I hear so much of myself in you and kind of being like the loud, expressive kid. Um, undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> found that one out at 30 years old. Totally, so yes. much, mom and dad. No, Thank you. No. Um, but I've always felt different, like always yeah. been different. I, um, you know, I just kind of was never really seen. Like my emotions were not allowed to be felt. So like therapy has been really important for me, but like, I am like you on this journey. And it started, I think like, I want to say like when I turned 30, like that's when like, it really clicked for me. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. like your twenties were trash, like a dumpster fire, like whatever. But like, (laughs) like 30, 30 is like, maybe we should like stop pretending we're not an adult and try to be an adult totally and and so like right like maybe we should like maybe we should do therapy maybe we should do this maybe we should do that so I um you know I like you was like get me the f out I want to go to college I chose a college so far away from my family and you know it's like I'm just not close with my family it's it's no big deal um but uh it's fine um but like it's just like one of those things where it's like I could never be me I could never be me and like then kind of to your point, who is Bianca? Like, who is she? And the only time I've ever like truly just been myself, because people like when you, when you're loud and boisterous, like you and myself, like people either love you or they hate you. Isn't that the truth? It's like, one or the other. Yeah, there's like, no in between. There's no in between. Like I, yeah. I would go to parties in college, and people would like tell, like would tell like boyfriends I had, like I want to kick her ass because like she's so fucking annoying, and like just stuff like that. So I'm like, Ugh, whatever. So I've always kind of had to put myself in a box, and I say yeah. I joke that I am definitely a gay man in a woman's body because it's the <laughs> truth. Um, and there's a term called. Jody in the military when a partner's deployed and Scott said, well, I have nothing to worry about. Um, it's like a guy that like inches in. He's like, I have nothing to worry about. He's like, all of yours are Judy's. <laughs> I knew you'd get a kick out of that one. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's, but it's like proud, all proud of my friends. I have one of your Judy's. Right. And I have, and I love it. And I have, I have such a um, appreciation for the LGBTQIA plus community. Like I'm such an ally because I, see myself I might not you know I might you know not you know sexuality is fluid very much all about the d but like I still (laughs) 
be so much of myself in my queer community and like just not being able to be yourself not being like feeling closeted not feeling like you can be who you are like you like you said like worrying that you're wearing like nail polish but also like who cares you know what I mean so so I love that and I think I think it's beautiful and I love that you are now just like living you and loving you because that's important and but how crazy is it that this world does that to us right that you would feel that way as a child that I would feel that way anybody I'd say you know it it always kind of boggles my mind when I when I look at the world at large Mm -hmm. and I just think if everybody were a little bit nicer and if everybody were a little more accepting and understanding of each other's differences god what would the world be like it always kind of like and I guess that's probably what makes us very artistic and creative people right is because you know think of that shiny pretty thing show as an example like that moment like that that two-week period if you just looked on the faces of anybody who was there they felt whatever their background is whatever they felt in life everybody's had their own feelings and pains and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and troubles and, and lack of acceptance. But, but that moment, you could look at everybody there and you could tell they all felt accepted. They all felt a feeling of love and they all felt a feeling of unity. And they were all so different, especially, you know, being at Walt Disney World, you have people from, from all over the world and, and the people of all different backgrounds. And, and it was, that was magic. And I think that's another thing that is, tough in this pandemic is because there's less art being created sometimes mm-hmm. with theaters closed and you know restrictions on filming and gatherings you, you don't get to see some of that raw art as much and that is so often what brings folks together through some story to say huh I may not be super connected with all of my deep emotions and demons and feelings but I feel something from this show, from this performance, from this experience, from us being together. And that's helping me understand more about myself. And that's to me so beautiful. And and that's something that we try to bake honestly into everything we produce as producers. But that's also a personal journey because I don't want people to grow up feeling the way that I felt. And I don't want people to have some of the demons that were created through elementary school, high school, you know, moving to LA and having that feeling of rejection right off the bat, right. et cetera, et cetera. Like we, we need, we need, we all need to do better. So that way the, the future is not like that. For yeah. People. To go back to that person telling you that you didn't look and feel LA, which is, ugh, I want to punch them. I hope their name wasn't Karen. Um, but, no. but like that happened to me in my first internship ever. I was told oh. I speak over people and I, uh, I speak over people, which is an ADHD trait. Didn't know that. Thanks. Found that out later. Um, but uh, I also, um, I also dressed like a child. I'm like, bruh I'm like 21 years old they don't give you a class in college to tell you how to dress like for an interview or anything I you know they should actually they they should but they don't like you're not prepared for crap at all no you're just not at all you you just yeah you're not prepared for anything so you have a piece of paper and that's it and and then you just you just fumble your way through it and then eventually you realize oh this is all that there is great (laughs) I'm depressed um but I was told that and I just remember like it created so much like 
anxiety and fear yeah. and stuff. And so like, yeah, to go back to your point. And it sticks with you, right? It sticks. Like, it's like a cloak of shame. Like yeah. you're like, ah, I, this is and what everyone so thinks. Crazy. It's like this one person, this, this boss or internist, whoever was, Gave, said that to you and, and and this random guy that said it to me it, it just it sticks with you in your head and it follows you and it alters you in a way that then you have to work to repair until you're strong enough to recognize it and reject it at face value but that for me has been a tough journey I feel like I'm more there now where like if somebody says something stupid to me I I I can work to reject that quickly and it doesn't affect me as much but like back then especially in your formative years mm -hmm. in your in, which which to me go your whole life really your formative years it just like gets stuck in some lodged place that's like in the body and in the mind and like it gets triggered so easily it's yeah. really it's shitty yeah yeah to touch on that like just a little bit more it's like i have this theory and it's, it's so hard. I work on it in therapy. Justina's like, Bianca, you cannot think like this anymore. Where I have this mentality of like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Or <laughs> this other one that I, I felt like this a lot where I wasn't like, you know, I, I, I know I'm not ugly or anything like that. So don't take this as me fishing for compliments, but I was always the girl at the party that you talked I to. I think after you're a gorgeous. Of, well, thank you. It's so sweet. <laughs> um, well, I, because I, I was never like, I'm, I'm, I'm not like conventionally, like I've never, I've never seen myself as conventionally attractive. And mm. I have always had this phrase of like forever Jan Brady, like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh my God. And it's like, it's almost like at first I did it like self-deprecating humor towards myself so that like no one else would, you know, make fun of me. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. it's like, I freaking it's part of my mental fabric and it's really mm. hard to like, un, un, like, undo that like and, oh, yeah. and be nice to yourself because like mm -hmm. there's days where I wake up and I'm like I'm a badass and then there's other days where I'm like don't shout your accomplishments like you just be more humble like what are you like mm -hmm. what are you doing and I don't know if it's a woman thing but I, I just think like I don't know no, we should I don't all think just, it is like we just all need to like be better about like the things we've accomplished the things we've done the mountains we've climbed and like yeah. the people that have like come into our lives and helped us whether positively or negatively discover that and image judgment is the worst thing that I think follows so many of us. And, and I think that's where, uh, aside from you and I really truly being kindred spirits, but I also think that's why so many people in the LGBTQ plus community connect and have a lot of friends who are women because, you know, there are some similarities in our experiences because like mm -hmm. in the gay, the gay community, is super judgy sometimes of its own yes. selves. What is with sucks. that? I don't know. I've never understood it because it's like you battle your way to get out of the closet and then you're like, I'm out of the closet. I'm free. I'm going to be accepted. And as friends, everything is just peachy keen. But then you go into the dating pool and let me tell you, that's real different and it's, it's more judgy than when you were in the closet. And I mean, you know, when I was younger first coming out of the closet I was super skinny and like like emaciated like thin and and I was just I was too skinny for the gay community I, was just, I would constantly get that feedback you're just so skinny like you need to work out more you need to put on muscle whatever then I started losing my hair very young then it's like well you're bald I mean that's like not good then I like gained weight and, and particularly over the past like five years I was working a lot and I just started putting on weight and then I'm, I'm too like it's like you know and obviously that's not 
true for everybody. And I'm sure there's, there's people out there who, you know, when you were feeling that way at a party or when I was feeling that way at a bar, like there were probably people in the room who thought we were gorgeous and amazing, but maybe they were too shy to come up. And so all mm -hmm. we feel and remember are the people who are more negative. And that's the shitty part, right? Because then that's what sticks with you are those people who rejected you. And, and they were, were, you know, now I look back at it, I'm like, well, none of those were the right people. That's where the rejection was actually protection because, you know, I, I, I don't, people like that in my life and I yeah. believe there are other greater people out there that like hopefully I can find somebody as fabulous as you have with your hubby but uh, but one of these days maybe. <laughs> oh man <laughs> so last night I just found out um, and I hope so too. I hope that you can find someone that will throw your ashes off of the waterfall at Casa Bonita. <laughs> um, so that's a real place it's in denver i just found out it is closed and i was like oh no i have to update my will like what am i gonna do <laughs> oh but my yeah, god i found someone i really I, want my ashes sprinkled at disney, disney but i yeah, know that they course. like off splash mountain and they don't let it happen yeah 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 no one i have a know. whole secret i have a whole secret strategy for it i got oh, i love it okay yeah, but yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean like dating and i think I think like actually women are just as judgmental. And so like, we do kind of have similarities of like, in the, in the LGBTQ community, as well mm -hmm. as like, in, in like the straight women community, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like everyone's judgy. Ugh. And then, and then just be glad that we, that we take the straight men for you because they're <laughs> the worst. But you found a good one. I did. I did. He's, he's just, you know, he's, I, I, I was, I ate my words. I was so wrong about him. I, I misjudged him. I snap judgmented and it wasn't correct. And like, I was like, this guy in his Navy whites, psh, whatever, like there's no way. And it turned out <laughs> great. So I was wrong, but it, to my listeners, please don't go on a date with someone if you don't feel comfortable with it, because like he could have been a serial killer straight <laughs> Um, well, thank God he wasn't. No. I mean, I, I have to say, like, even just seeing you two and Bingo together, there's there's a magic that sort of emanates Aww. from from the both of you. And I, I found it very enigmatic when 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 I first met you through Bingo and saw you guys together. I was just like, wow, there, there's something really special there. And, and I remember when he was deployed and, and, and it affected Gregory and I, we, we would be like, is Bianca okay? Like, oh my God. Like we, you know, we, 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 were, we would genuinely worry because it seems like you guys just have such a, a special bond. It was, it was really, really hard. I will say that like, I mean, this is the longest he and I have ever been apart. Um, and that, wow. that comes from a place of complete privilege, right? Like, like he hasn't had to deploy up until this part. In fact, we didn't even think he was going to have to deploy ever in his career. But, um, wow. in the Navy, they thought like in his community, it's now that you can stay at whatever rate you are as an officer and they won't, they won't retire you out basically and be like, get out. You didn't promote. So he, but we didn't know that at the time. So he short toured in Denver. Um, he was at Buckley air force base to get to the ship and the ship was in the yards projected to probably like, maybe he would be on like a couple of months of the deployment. And then like the pandemic happened and it was just like, it was all crazy. And I remember like when he first started going underway, cause I was on a shore duty command. So I didn't know, like, I didn't know what I was so far removed from the ocean and the Navy that I had no idea, like what I was in for. Then we came to this <laughs> command and I was like, 
wait, I'm sorry. You have to sleep on the ship like once every eight days. Like what? It, Cause his, his schedule in Denver was like four days on four days off two days, two day shifts and two night shifts. And he'd swing into a night shift. And so like, I essentially would have two nights to myself. And at the time I was working for a winery, I was their marketing manager. So I would just basically just go and drink wine and you know, give people cheese boards. And like, that was, that was what I did to like get through it. So I like never really was alone. I was always around yeah. people and they moved yeah. here. And I was like, I want nothing to be with. I don't want to be a military spouse. Like, absolutely not. Like that is not me. I don't want to. So I didn't join any of my like wardroom stuff. I didn't join any of like the groups. And I basically was like refusing to, cause I was like, I'm throwing myself in the career. And I, then I lost my career and, you know, he was gone while the pandemic started. He came back. They recalled him. He had to go back on the ship for two weeks. Then they were gone oh for another month. And, like, then the ship kind of broke a little bit. And so, like, so like I had him all summer, which was nice. And, um, and like, he was, he was able to meet, like, Bourdain and, like, help out. And we were able to get, like, a bunch of projects done with the house. But, like, they put him in a hotel for three weeks. And then they put them on the ship. And then they were, like, all right, well, we're not going to call this a deployment yet. And so like, technically he's been deployed since November, but he's been gone since September. So I looked at oh it today. It's 134 days. We're over halfway now, but like, it's yeah, still when not is in the back? clear. Uh, it looks early, like springish. So like, oh it, hopefully, gosh. yeah, it'll be like around my birthday, Jim and I. So <laughs> that will be the best reunion celebration and then i have to go to rhode island celebration yeah and then we're going you to rhode do? island yeah we have to go to uh we have to go to newport for a month why <laughs> school for him but i was like oh! i'm not i was like you're not leaving me for a month like i'm sorry you were gone for so long i'm going with you well newport's very pretty i yeah. mean i grew up more towards providence which mm -hmm. i mean in california terms does not sound far it's like 45 minutes to an hour but in rhode island terms when you live in rhode island you're like oh my god that's like an hour away like you know what i mean yeah. like to totally to now that i live in california i'm like oh what's an hour uh that was my commute when i was at the offices for back so uh but it's very pretty there, yeah. i mean it's, as long as there's no pandemic then Ugh. there's a lot of great bars and restaurants and yeah. other great things you can enjoy there yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it uh is your family still out there i take that yeah all yeah. of my family is still in Rhode Island, except my brother. He lives out here. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk success. What does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Um, I, I think that that depends on the day, uh, if I feel, feel successful. But I think overall, I do feel successful um, now, just because I'm here and I feel alive and I feel healthy and that makes me feel like I was successful on today. I had always gauged success only by my career mm -hmm. and um, I never really felt satisfied. I'm a very career driven person. I'm very passionate about what I do. I identify a lot with what I do and I think anybody who works in a creative sort of field can empathize with that, you know, whether you're a performer or a producer or a director or a creator or an artist or a visual artist or a photographer, whatever, it becomes such a big part of who you are. And so because that became such a part of who I am and still is, 
I only graded success on my career. So was I successful and I grew at Mac and I created a lot of great things, sure. But I was always, I was a what's next person. Like, well, I haven't done this or I haven't achieved enough of this. And so I never felt successful really. And then I think again, some of this clarity that's come out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, it's, well, what are the wins that I get to celebrate? And, and, and hell, Peloton helps us with that, as you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, I think they are so positive at being like, what are your wins today? And so now I've been looking at things through a very different lens. So like if Eric and I have a great call and with, yeah. a, with a new client, then I'm like, oh, that was successful. Like even if we don't end up landing that client or it doesn't turn into a paycheck, it's like, we did that really successfully. Or if I do the Peloton in the morning before my work day, I'm like, that was a success. So I try to now view like gratitude for each small achievement and Mm -hmm. success instead of trying to do broad strokes of, Am I successful? Because there's a lot of things I'm not successful in. I I I have yet to be successful in a long-term relationship. I have I have yet to be successful in terms of what uh, an outside person's traditional view of wealth probably is. You know, there's all these things that I could say I'm not successful at, but I spent so many years of my life doing that. So now I celebrate kind of each each thing that I should be grateful for and that I am grateful for each day. I mean, I love this a lot. And just so you know, I'm constantly in my head trying to match you with gay people in my, that I know. <laughs> like there's, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, there's one person in particular that I like feel like I'm going to send him this like link. John, it's coming. Um, but yeah, so I I think like that's such a great way to look at it. Like it's just like to count your successes like by just like, okay, I woke up, I'm alive, like I've got my health, I have my friends, I have a paycheck coming in, um, you know, and like, uh, like I think like you're right, the pandemic has like really changed the way I value success. Cause like on paper, yeah. like I'm crushing it. I, Absolutely. Like, you know, like my, my husband and I own a home in San Diego um, County and uh, you know, like we didn't think we could ever, ever do that. And like, yeah, we, we absolutely. thought we were going to rent forever and thank goodness we purchased because uh, I hated the apartment we lived in. <laughs> um, and also like, I would have had to move like in during like the pen dulce. So I wouldn't have like really enjoyed it. Um, but like, it's been hard. Like, it's been a hard adjustment for me because like, you know, like you said, when you leave, a, when you leave a career and you start something new, um, yeah. you know, you kind of figure out like who is by your side and who's not by your side. And, um, it's been a weird, a weird year, but it's also been one of the coolest years because it's like all of these people I've connected with, like, yeah. um, and like, if you told me a year ago, like a year ago, like, Hey, like this, this thing's coming down the pipeline. It's actually pretty serious. And like a year from now, you're going to be talking to a, 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 a wonderful gay man in Los Angeles who has a caftan and Disney ear collection about literally the feeling the the, the feeling of not fitting in because you're 
because that's just your entire MO now. I'd be like, no way, like, (laughs) no way, no way. Absolutely not. But I think it's, you know, I think it's just beautiful to like, take a step back and be like, okay, like I, you know, I feel successful because I'm able to just take it one breath at a time. And, you know, and it takes, it takes a lot of work, you know, I mean, for me, I have created some routines for myself that, that really help every morning when I wake up before I grab the phone, because the first instinct when we all wake up is to grab the phone. I grab, I keep a journal by my bed and I grab the journal and I write down three specific things that happened the day before that I'm grateful for. And they have to be specific. And it could be something stupid, like the Amazon, I live on the second floor and it's stairs. And I might write down the Amazon delivery person brought my groceries up the stairs. And I just like, I, I, I celebrate that. Or like, I had a really great Peloton workout yesterday. Like yeah. I just, I, whatever they are, it's just three things. And then I write a broader thing that I'm grateful for. Then I do a meditation and then I do an intention and then I will grab my phone. And so I do all that to kind of like set my mentality right in the day before I, I start. Cause then as soon as you start going, you're in the method of the day and things happen and you're thrown curveballs, and you can get down on yourself or my anxiety builds. I suffer from a lot of anxiety and uh, you know, you get a little off track. And then mm-hmm. if I get too far off track, I just do like a quick, like one minute meditation to recenter myself or to think about something great that has happened so far that day. So, you know, like I was saying, it could just be like, we had a great call, like, you know, it didn't land into a client yet, or it didn't, you know, give us a paycheck yet, but it was a really cool call. We met somebody new and they're awesome. And, you know, and, and so that's what I really focused on every single day, but I have to work at it every single day. And, and I, it was a huge focus of mine throughout 2020 when, when the new year came and, you know, so many people on social media were like, fuck 2020 like yeah <laughs> goodbye first of all i was like y'all deja vu to 2019 like literally we were all like fuck you 2019 can't wait for 2020 and then 2020 was like hold my beer i'm here to show you what's really going down yeah but you know like for me to sit there I, I and i knew i'm like the pandemic doesn't go away tomorrow when it's january 1st 2021 so you know why the hell am i gonna sit around saying that so um you know, I think that that um, gave me a fresh outlook where I was like, I'm grateful for 2020 because I learned a lot in 2020 and I became more of who I am and I was shown a lot of different opportunities. So so good. Yeah. I don't set in, I don't set resolutions. I set intentions uh, because I feel like resolutions are very like, if you're like, Oh, I'm going to start a diet or something. And then like the next day you're eating like French fries because you it's, it's your self care. You know, yeah. like, like, so I set intentions and my intention is just to always be a good person and like, just, you know, be grateful for, you know, the things I do have. Cause like, there's a roof over my head. I can feed mm-hmm. myself. Like, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, there's things to be always grateful for. So I love that practice, but I think we've addressed 
the elephant in the room, which is of course imposter syndrome. So I'm going to say <laughs> sashay away. That's fine. Let's move on to, to let's move on to greener pastures. And I, um, I, well, I love to hear things that you're fanatical about and, and why. And so I currently, I mean, I'm always am, I'm wearing a Peloton logo necklace. You have the Peloton bike. You understand this. Yes. I have never been more grateful for a purchase that I've made. Um, because, I never liked working out like never. I don't enjoy it. I, yes. I, I also like, I've, uh, probably in the last year, um, lost 30 pounds or so. And that's, that's, amazing. that's large, that's large in part to, um, one medication I'm on, but two, um, I have no excuse not to get on the bike. So I just, yeah. I force myself to do it. The only day I take a cheat day, the only day that I don't ride is Sundays because I play UK bingo. As, uh, yeah, oh, I can't believe you do that. It I looks do. very confusing. It's it's weird, actually. There's 400 numbers. I don't understand. So them. there's numbers. You have a number on your card all the way of 1 to 99, which is, or 1 to 89. Sorry, okay. Charlie. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't remember the rules. It's, it's, it's 10 a.m. my time. Like, it's whatever. No, it's like 11. But, um, so you just the, the the tip is to go down vertically and then you have to get five numbers in a row and then the second game is two numbers but it has to be not in the box same box and then like the the final is a blackout in one of the boxes but i am just i can't my eyes don't don't work like that and my brain does not work like that like she doesn't we can't find it bingo is hard enough i almost had a bingo this week too i was like i oh was a God, one away Oh my God. Our friend James, who was here, he was one aware. I just, and then, you know, I'm fine. Just a lot of people win a lot and it's fine. We will not name names, but you know. No, yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway. Something rigged. Something rigged. (laughs) Yeah, but I've only won once and I only won by proxy because Ashley was like, oh, you're missing this number. Oh, bingo. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then she won UK bingo this week. I was so proud of her. Um, but yeah, that's so, amazing. so, so yeah, that's the only day I don't do the Peloton, but Good I will you. say that, like, I mean, I don't really follow them workout. Like I just like, I'm like, you said add five, I'm already at 55 right now. I'm just right. I'm pedaling exactly. and I'm scrolling. Sometimes I'm like, that's enough. You, you're, you're crazy. Today, like, Tuesday had me go up to like 70. And I was like, no, Tuesday, you know, I can't get to 70. Tuesday, sit down. I'm We're sorry. not doing this. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Maybe, maybe in six months I can get to 70 with like an 80 cadence. I was yeah. like, are you kidding? No, yeah. I can't. That's like, that's like, I got cement blocks on my feet. Well, no, I was, we'll get there. We'll get there. I was planning to do a, uh, my ride 1600th ride with Cody, but then they canceled the class and turned it into a Christa, Christine, uh, classical ride. And I was like, no, honey, I'm sorry. That's uh, not 1600 vibes. So I did it with Alex Toussaint yesterday and he didn't, he didn't give me a shout out, which is fine. He didn't give you a shout out. I will be fine, Alex. Yeah, I was oh like, I was like, not like I didn't ride 1,000 with you in the San Diego store, but okay. Oh my God, PSA so. alert, Alex, you missed out. Nah, think, whatever, I whatever. Alex I mean, it was a 10 minute climb, like, and I was like, I'm, cause I was, you know, when you're so close to a milestone and then you have to like count it out, you're like, do I want to do it live? So I can get a shout out or yes. do I want to just like blow past this milestone? Like whatever. Um, yeah. It was one of those situations where I was like, mm, like, I don't feel like classical music is really the vibe I'm going for. So yeah. I will just, so I'll just settle for five minutes. Yeah. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So what, so what are you um, fanatical about? Uh, 
in case you didn't notice, Disney uh, mm -hmm. is a huge one. fanatical about Disney. I am such a Disney geek. I like follow 10 million Disney uh, influencers on Instagram. Uh, when the parks were open and there wasn't a pandemic, I went constantly. And I just, I, I, I have to be restrained sometimes. Like sometimes I go to the parks with a friend, like I, Eric and I would work there a lot. And so, you know, sometimes like, you know, you have a couple hours off and we pop in the park and I would sometimes turn to him and say, don't let me buy anything. Or like, <laughs> I'll go with my brother yeah. and my brother like is a huge uh, instigator to, to support my buying habits. And yeah. I'll be like, make me stop because I'll just, I'll just buy, I just go crazy and I get so excited. And I'm like, I, I look like I'm on supermarket sweep. I'm just like running through <laughs> the Emporium and I'm throwing things <gasps> in the basket. Yes. It's, just, it's crazy. It's but also crazy. if you don't, if you don't, if you see it once and you leave it at the park, you'll never, you'll see, never it again. see it again. No. And then never. it's a fortune if you find it online. Yeah. So that's what I think, you know, I went, my, I went with my cousin Cameron, on the 60th anniversary day, July 17th of 2015. And they had all that 60th diamond anniversary and they had a lot of stuff that was exclusive to that day. And I literally, Cameron joked with me and he said, I feel like I'm on supermarket sweep because I ran through and I just grabbed every single item. It didn't matter. If it said yeah. 60 diamond and the date, I bought it. I <laughs> I, there is like absolutely zero shame in like loving Disney. And I think like, I, I have to be restrained. And like, also like I, when I see a character, don't know what they're going to do when they reopen the parks. But when I see Goofy, I like shit my pants. Like I'm, I'm that excited. <laughs> it's probably the only thing that doesn't get me as excited is when I see the characters and that may be because <laughs> I was friends with some of them when I worked at Walt Disney World. Oh, so they hate me because uh, <laughs> I like, uh, I literally no, no. like lose my mind. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what I mean? Quote unquote friends with. Yeah. I, I, was, oh. I was, you know, I'm not, we're not oh. supposed to say that. If there are any children listening, turn it off. I, I was all the people of my height class. I was I was the characters. So it's 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 a quite a miserable experience for me. Some people love it. I had friends who were characters and they're like, it's so magical. People come up and kiss me. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. It was hot as hell. <laughs> Goofy's costume is the worst costume ever. You see out of his mouth, but his mouth is attached to your head. So to make him look like you're looking at the guests as the performer, you have to turn your head so you're looking at the ground. So I'm looking at the ground. I can't see you. Goofy's eyes are looking at you, but I don't see out of Goofy's eyes. So I can't see anything at all. So I have this hunchback. I'm outside in Orlando heat. Like it's like 95 degrees and like 80% humidity. I was like, there's nothing magical about this. I thought my dream until I was 19 years old, I thought my dream was to perform in Disney parades. And then I did it. And I was like, that was the most miserable experience of my entire life. I never want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my parents. See the characters? Yeah. I just immediately feel, I feel sweat. I feel <laughs> like discomfort, but always jealous. The people with their faces out are fine. And they were always <laughs> a lot snobbier than the people in the costume, which is so funny because I think the guests care a lot more about seeing like Mickey and Minnie and Goofy. But the, all those people suffer a hell of a lot more than all the people with their faces out because they just get to smile. Their costumes are lighter. You know, everything's, they have real hands. 
yeah, the suffering that is pretty intense. So, um, so yeah. I, when I see I those, people, like if I'm at a character breakfast, forget it. I hate going to a character breakfast because I know that that person might be miserable like I was. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> please just move on from the table. Move on. I don't even want to talk to you. Uh, character breakfast. So my parents used to make us go to D Walt Disney World um, with like, like in the dead heat. My parents are frugal, but also like read all the Disney books, like in the nineties, like got me sh platform shoes so I could ride all the rides at six and eight. <laughs> and like, I would have to wear tube socks with freaking Skechers. And like, I just, and like, it, this is like part of the nineties where like, it was cool to layer. So like you were wearing like a button up shirt with like a cami over it. And then also like <laughs> cargo shorts for some reason, uh, yes. it, was a, it was a whole mess. It was um, in. It was, it was in, it was in. Yeah. And so like my sister and I are four years apart. And so like my, we went at six and then we went at eight. When we went at six, we stayed in the Grand Floridian. When we went at eight, we stayed at the Coronado, which was like brand new at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I like, we did a character breakfast in Magic Kingdom and my parents said, Bianca, do you have to pee? Cause I drank a lot of orange juice. Uh -huh. And I was, and then like, cause like at the time and then Disney and then like, you know, you, you would wait in the line. There was no fast passing back then. Oh, yeah. And I, those, I were the, those were the tough days. I had to, I, I immediately had to pee halfway through the line in Space Mountain. And my dad was like, you're going to hold it. And you're, you're like gonna hold your pee. Point, right? like, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna hold it because like we're not getting out of this line. And so I was like sitting on the rails, like just like clinching my legs together. I rode Space Mountain having to pee, and like that is like a memory singed into my brain. But that character That's breakfast was fabulous. Winnie the Pooh. Like, oh, it was well done. Because you could have peed yourself on Space Mountain. I mean, go over one of those. We, we would have had over. to leave the park. Like, who 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 brings who brings an extra pair of pants for a six year old? No, no, uh, no, no one. No. I mean, I I, I actually am more apt to bring an extra pair of pants for myself now than I was when I was a little kid. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, if I ride Splash Mountain, we're gonna get wet, and I just exactly need a change of clothes. Ugh, yeah. I love Disney so much. I love that you love it so much. And I think like, that's like one of the big reasons why I love you because you just have this zest for, <laughs> you know, this just this zest for whimsy that I just so appreciate. And you also have more ears than me. So Scott, don't listen to this podcast. I feel like Seth gave me permission to buy whatever yeah, I wanted. Oh, and, free pass. and in the pandemic, I have literally bought so much stuff from Cakeworthy and like uh box lunch and like so All many stores stuff. like i've basically decided that like i'm not going into an office anytime soon so i i'm Do you gonna look dress... at park candy oh no you know park candy mm -hmm. oh, oh my god my friends run it it's uh, the disney fox he's like one of my favorite influencers to follow and carice uh his girlfriend and they make the best masks you've seen that they're cheeky they're funny and they're comfortable Ooh, love it. Yeah, high recommendation. You'll have to send me that on Instagram. So I'll send you their page. I'll send okay. you their page. So let's go into an unpopular opinions um, because I, I feel like, you know, as long as they're not hurtful, e.g. like racist or homophobic, which there's no chance of that happening here. No, <laughs> we're, we're an no, inclusive podcast. Not. What is one that you have and why? It's a tough one. And I rarely tell people. So I, I let's keep it a secret between you and I. Okay. I hate bananas. I hate them. 
I loathe them. And 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 nobody ever understands it. I get mocked for it constantly because I don't know. Everybody loves bananas. It's like this magical fruit. People put it in everything in a smoothie. If I if you hand me a beverage and I can even sense the sheer suggestion of banana, I'm I'm, I'm going to spit it out. I can't. I can't. It makes me nuts. Fake banana flavor, real banana flavor. Does it matter? Is it mashed up? Am I just eating the pure banana? The texture? No. I I can't. I I can't anything about i don't understand it i don't even understand anything how do they go from green to yellow to brown it's i, I don't want anything to do with them i can't uh, that is totally okay because mine is that cantaloupe <laughs> is absolute trash like why is it always showing up to the fruit salad with its plus one honeydew like we didn't invite you and your cousin came with you cool um it's, cantaloupe is so the carnation right fruit salad it's like how carnation flowers are filler flowers if anybody ever sends me flowers with carnations i could just throw up but like uh but i think that that's not an unpopular opinion but cantaloupe it's like did they just have a lot of it is it cheap like i don't know there's like 400 pounds of cantaloupe and there's like three pieces of pineapple and two yeah. strawberries and you're like really i want the pineapple and the strawberries Why right did you and maybe the grape the grape that's like cut in half cool yeah um, totally uh, speaking of filler flowers when i got married um in uh, well we, we celebrated with friends and family we renewed our vows basically because we were married for three months before we got married um nice. i wanted to be married by an elvis i don't know if you know that that no, was my dream that's wedding. amazing and i did i got uh 70s cocaine elvis i didn't get fat elvis which is what i wanted um and they were like oh like if you wear your navy whites like the the uh pack like the photo package is included and um the ceremony is basically you know like it's it's like way discounted you just pay for the price of the elvis and i because i like just love like just i love kitschy novelty shit like i just fucking love this it. week's like, bingo theme right, is up your exactly. alley exactly like i i the, the, the question is exactly what do i wear out of my wardrobe because i have so many things like i they're like ashley's like i'm just gonna come over and like pick your closet and like and i'm like that's fine but they gave me a bouquet they said oh yeah also a bouquet's included it's like in this like flower like holder with like water at the end and it was all fucking filler flowers i was like cool that's, and no, i'm holding no. it and it just looks no. trashy but i'm like i'm already here i'm getting married by an elvis like whatever like let's just do it the best part to own it. is that his show pants were unclipped like and <gasps> he had a perfectly tanned ass with like a yellow thong oh my. and like scott and i like could not stop laughing I, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, this I, I is ridiculous. Like, this is so funny. Cause and but then, that's like, so fun. Yeah, it was, it was like, I would do it again. Like, that's how fun it was. Like, I, I would say like, if anyone is like, man, I like feel like it's unsafe. Like, I don't want to have a ceremony. I'm like, literally go to Vegas and get married by Elvis. Just <laughs> maybe not the one that we had, but like, go, go. It's like, just, it was the it was the highlight of just my life. Cause on my first date, I told Scott, here's my things. I'm not, I do not want children. You also do not want to have children. And if you want to be yeah. with me, I have a dog. My, my old dog was very dog, dog friendly. So you can't have any other pets. So, yeah. because like my dog's kind of an a-hole and I was like, and <laughs> finally I was like, I want to get married by an Elvis and that's non-negotiable and we're eloping. <laughs> and he was like, all right. That's when you know that's magic. That's true love. There, yes, there you have yes. it right there. That's yes. pretty amazing. And and on your bananas comment, I barely eat bananas, so I'm fine with that. It doesn't affect. Uh, yeah, I know people get very upset when I say it. They don't really understand it. 
Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't advertise it a lot. What is, um, <laughs> what is of course currently making you happy in the world as we're like wrapping this baby up? Aside from bingo, because bingo makes uh, me oh, so, so happy. Good. It is such a relish uh, every Sunday. It's such a treat. Uh, we look forward to it all week long. But other, other than that, build, building my new company, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really wild adventure. It's something that I kind of was always curious about, but I never knew if I pictured myself doing. And, and it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah. I mean, you're doing like really cool stuff. It's like fun to watch and like also be like, I'm like, I'm so proud. I share everything. I'm like, I'm so proud of my friend because oh I'm just you. so excited. And like, I get to follow like you and and your neighbor, Greg, Gregory, and just like, just like the stuff you guys are doing. And I'm like, those are my friends. Like they're doing oh such God. cool stuff. And I just love it so much. Um, thank so, you. Yeah. The support really means a lot. So thank you. Thank, well, thank you. you. I love, yeah. I love seeing that too. So we're coming towards the end. Of course, you and I could like literally talk for a million hours. But All now, day. All but now, day. But now we have each other's phone numbers. So like we do. Thing, um, oh which is good. I like texted you. I was like, my computer just like reset itself to the moon. BRB. So <laughs> um, what would you like to promote? Um, and how can people get in touch with you? God, shameless plug for our new company. Uh, me and my business partner, Eric, who is like the awesome and partner I could ask for and also one of my really dear dear friends uh we created gladiator productions and we're super proud of it and it's a really unique company because uh we're we're pretty unique and our approach is unique so check us out you can find us on all of the social handles as gladiator prods because there is a strange dog that owns gladiator productions <laughs> we tried to like who we, we even tried to get the handle, but, that, but that's another story. But anyway, it's Gladiator Prods, P-R-O-D-S, and we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube, all of it. Uh, we have TikTok too, but we haven't launched it yet. And then our website is gladiator.productions. There's Yay. no .com. It's just gladiator.productions. Yeah, I never knew you could do that with websites until I saw it. You know, nobody nobody else did either. And it's been really funny because sometimes people will go to email us and they add a .com and they're like, why is my email advancing? And I'm like, there's no .com. There's no .com. It's just gladiator.productions. It's like such a foreign thing. We discovered it and we were like, this is the coolest thing. We have to do this. And then little did we know that it's so new and uncommon that it's been a, very confusing to a lot of people. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I, I just, ah, I'm excited. I'm so excited to see like what you guys continue to do to my listeners all of course all of that's going to be linked in there as well as Seth's personal Instagram you want to follow him trust me he, <laughs> he is a lot of fun um he is you know just a breath of fresh air I'm so like happy that you were able to come on my podcast because I was kind of having a bad day and this like really turned it around so oh my God. thank you for having me Bianca. So spending this time with you is a, a, a gem for me Truly. I love it I, can't I love thank it. you enough oh, of course of course and anytime literally I could just see us just like literally we would have a podcast about nothing and it'd be amazing literally just gabbing <laughs> all day I love it show. like ruin Michelle yes <laughs> yes okay I love you so much but I'm gonna let you go and I hope you, you have a great rest of your day and to my listeners of course this is again please don't kick me out a podcast about imposter syndrome if you like what you hear please rate subscribe tell a friend eat it into the universe i don't know but thank you again seth and i hope you have a lovely day
Thank you. You too, Bianca. (laughs) All right. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.